So upcycle, roll with what you got. Well, if you don't have much, you still roll with it. So this orange theme we've taken from the kids' curriculum. Today's lesson is on contentment. And we've already heard the scripture, learning. So here we have our first object lesson. We have a glass of, uh-oh, it's not full. It's half full. Or it's half empty. Tax is right on the money. But if I, I found out, I only made a few phone calls, but if I put someone's favorite beverage in, maybe it's not your favorite beverage, Gord, but if I put this favorite beverage in, now is it still half empty or is it half full? Veronica said it's half full. Do you like orange juice, Veronica? Yes, she does. I know my husband does, and if there's just a little bit left, he's got another large orange juice in the fridge in the garage ready to go. So he never runs out. And I have to be very careful how much I drink. <laughs> so I tend to be a half full person. I'm looking for the other half full people. They're usually smiling. There's Stephen. <laughs> I can tell because his eyes. Oh, there's there is Joanna. But you know what? Depends on your personality. Right? I was a half full person not a half empty, because I had a pony when I was little. I had a bunny and I had a goat. So, I mean, I have nothing to complain about there, but when you have been raised a certain way, you're not necessarily gonna be a half full person or a half class, right? So that's our first illustration. Uh, but we have from the scriptures today, Paul, who's gonna teach us how we can learn. I'm going to try to give you at least three keys. Where's your key? Right there. Maybe it's going to go in here. It's going to go in your heart. And we've been learning through our Breathing Underwater 12-step program. We have to have our heart and our heads connected, as well as our bodies. Judah's nodding. Thanks, Judah. I appreciate that. Because if we have one not working in sync, then we're not going to be holistic, are we? We're not going to be healthy. So Paul is our example, Paul the Apostle. Now, Paul said he learned contentment. But let's see what happened to him. What happened to him? Did he go for a swim? Is that, is that Kit's Beach? Is that in Marcus's motorboat? <laughs> that wonderful motor. No, this is a shipwreck. And Paul also doesn't look like he's content there, but he's, right? Okay, then we see that he's also being whipped, persecuted, under great duress. Does he look content? Veronica says he does. And she's the boss. She's right up here. She's feeding me my answers. So then we have a jail. Now, what's Paul doing in jail? Is he content? Is he counting the rocks while he's in jail? How many rocks are up there? Lots. Many. Okay, well, is he counting the sheep? Where's Rick? Rick, hello, Rick. 
is he counting sheep number one, woolly, sheep number two, woolly? You know, some people have to count sheep when they can't go to sleep. I just count how many times I usually visit the room down the hallway. So how about rats? Does he count the rats running by? Because I know in prison, there's a lot of rats. He's not, what's, what's your prediction? What's he doing in prison? He has to be in there in prison. Yes, Pax. Yeah. You want to tell us why he's in prison as well as what he's doing there? Go ahead. I'm going to hear you out. So he was in prison. Did I get this right? For teaching, teaching about Jesus. Yeah, he was talking about the resurrection. So that means Paul must have thought it's worth going to prison. So that's kind of a key, isn't it? I need your participation here. I'm one of these interactive teachers. So the first key Pax gave us, that's a really good key. I never actually thought of that key, Pax, that it's worthwhile to go through discontentment in order to achieve something greater of value and worth. I can see some people nodding. Excellent. Is there any other, any other feedback on what Paul would be doing in prison besides counting rocks, counting the days he's been in there, <laughs> counting his blessings? How would that work? Kim, you can talk about it later. Sirsha. I need you to tell me again. again. Oh, right. He's, he, that's a good suggestion. I would like to be hanging out with Sirsha if I was enclosed in a claustrophobic space and she'd come up with a great game to play. And what about the rocks? Wow, she's inventing a new game. That's amazing. And Rose has got her hand up. Well, that happened in one instant, didn't it? But he was imprisoned one long time and he was too busy getting persecuted, being whipped, Maybe he was visiting Stephen to try to figure out his taxes. <laughs> I don't know. But he was very busy, so he didn't have time to. Right. And what did he do in prison? He wrote at least four books of the New Testament, including... Yeah, 
Ephesians. Come on, Bible scholars. Philippians. Thank you, Nathan. <laughs> Colossians. I heard today when I looked up that he actually wrote about Philemon. And then later on when he was in prison, he wrote about Timothy. He was being amazing in that prison. Besides counting rocks, what would you do? Cry until you had no more tears left. Yes, Evangeline. You guys, I don't know. I think I have water swimmer's ear. You have to be louder. You would annoy the prisoner guards. Well, so they would eventually get distracted, and then you would get the key, and then, yeah, I know that you would do that. Saoirse. So she's going to turn into a super Saoirse. She's going to depend on her laser. Well, okay, the main thing is, the first key, besides what Pax brought out, being worthwhile, <laughs> is that he found some way for his trial to be beneficial. Now, I just had a problem. I know you know I have no problems, right? <laughs> I have quite a few problems, but last week I had a pretty serious problem. I was flossing my teeth and a filling popped out. Ooh, now that's not a big deal, but I was starting to feel pain. That can be a big deal, pain. And so I thought, I'm going to have to go to the dentist. Now, I know you all love to go to the dentist. You get lollipops from Kim's lollipop tree. Or you get a new toothbrush. But I hate going to the dentist. And that's one of the things that traumatizes me because I've had a few root canals. And sometimes I scare the preschoolers by showing them my mouth. Anyway, I, we won't go into the details on that one. But... I had to see the dentist, and the dentist two years ago had told me that I'm a grinder. And that's not a positive. You know how you grind your way through? That can be a positive. You keep going. You're in high school, and you're grinding your way through. You're in, you're, you might be in grade school, and you hate math, and you have to grind your way through. But when I was grinding, I guess I was dealing subconsciously with a lot of my anxiety. So, you know, the song that, that was sung, why should we worry? Because we do. We do. I do. And that's one of my problems that I've inherited. And so I didn't know that my grinding problem was so serious that I was grinding myself down to hardly any enamel left. So when the dentist looked at me, did she cast, you know, did she chastise me or did she criticize me or did she say Kathleen I told you two years ago that you were a grinder she didn't she just said oh my <laughs> I wonder if we have enough enamel in your tooth back there that we can put a new filling on and I'm thinking is she gonna get mad at me is she gonna tell me that because she told me I needed a mouth guard. I went and tried it, and it felt very uncomfortable. I know some of you guys 
have mouth guards and that's great. Anyway, she managed to give me about five needles and I've never had more than two or three at a time. And then we won't go into the details. For me, it was kind of like torture. I managed to get out of there. But today I stand before you with a new feeling and no pain. Now, I have to go back next week because I've got the same problem on this side. <laughs> but I'm not going to give up. I'm going to persevere. And I might buy a mouth guard. I might say, I'm worth it. So here we are. Paul, the key here, even though that's how I sort of felt coming out of the dentist. Like that. So another key we're going to see in the orange so-and-so show. Between two girls, we have a scenario happening. We have Becky and we have Bethilda. And I want you to figure out what's another key. The first key is finding it worthwhile to go through the trials and the persecutions and, the, and also finding something beneficial, long-term, long-term result while you go through your pain that you're enduring, you're persevering through, because there's something beneficial that's gonna to happen to you at the end, right? Now let's see Becky and Bethilda and find another key for learning contentment. Okay, let's pray that we can hear Becky and Bethilda. By the way, while we're waiting for that, how many of you still have your Halloween candy? Okay, this is kind of kind of gonna jolt you into reality, I hope. Oh, we're gonna get some sound. Oh, oh, so we have to maybe get some sound. Here we have, we have Becky and we have Bethilda. Pretty soon. And how many of you, when you get your Halloween candy, you kind of organize it like I used to, right? So you organize all your old Henry bars, you organize all your Fruit Loops, your chips, you put them all out on the table. And do you find that you have some favorites? So this is what this clip is going to be about. Hopefully we can get it going. If not, we'll just talk about it. What is your favorite, Eleanor? Oh, Henry's. Sunny. Wonder Bars. Anybody else? Mars Bars. Amy? What was that? Oh, that's one of my faves. Coffee Crisp. Tic Tacs. Kit Kat, that's the other one of my favorites. And Sushi has another one? Twizzlers! Amy? Smarties. What about this side? Oh, we got a match. Wonder Bar, Wonder Bar. What about um, the candies that you don't like? Uh-oh. 
marshmallow things. <laughs> Sunny says. Skittles. Skittles. <laughs> is that? Oh, sorry. Skittles is good. What do you do with the candies that you don't like? You spray them? Oh, you trade them. Oh, you guys know the secret. You have a, a secret of learning how to be content by trading. But this one girl, in a minute, we get to see her. I don't know if I want to dramatize that. She got very frustrated. What do you do when you get frustrated? Cry, yell, stamp your feet, throw your body on the floor. She kind of just started ripping all her sour candy and throwing it everywhere and saying, I hate sour candy with all my life. I hate. Amy. Yes. You don't like sour candies either? Okay. Now that's the one girl. What did the other girl do? She did not do that. She did not rip what she hated and throw it all over the room. What did she do? She found some things. <gasps> I don't like these. They're peanut butter cups. Oh, Veronica likes peanut butter cups. And I have, oh, all right, yay.
something that's going to cause you pain and you go, still go through it, you persevere, you endure because there's something beneficial for you. The third key, or this whatever, whatever we are talking about here, was Becky, when she didn't like her peanut butter cups, what did she do? She gave them to Papa because he liked them. So she, Becky was thinking about sharing, but also caring for someone else. So maybe we're going through difficulties so we can help someone else or care for them. And then what was the last one? I've got two piles of rocks up here. So the last one I want to leave with you is to do with creative imagination. So who would like to be two volunteers or if you're in the same family? Okay, I got, come on up, Pax, and come on up. Yep, yep, Evangeline. See if you can create something out of a pile of rocks. What, out, people out there, what would you do if you had the chance to come up? What would you think about would be beneficial about a pile of rocks? What would be helpful about a pile of rocks? Anybody? Oh, Matt. Oh, by the way, I have to say you can't throw the rocks. Okay, that's the only stipulation. We have no missiles in the church. They can't blow away? Are you going to blow... <laughs> well, definitely, they're not going to blow away in the hurricane, right? Yeah, right. Thank you. What, what, Eleanor? Oh, so she's thinking musically. So Evangeline made a stack of rocks to reach the top shelf. And Pax is trying, it's not exactly easy, is it, Pax? Because it takes a lot of balancing. Oh, wow, Pax, he just tracks with me. He's amazing. This is my little nutshuck, Pax. And I know the feeling. Sometimes the bottom one doesn't stick. But I used, I cheated a little bit and used a little bit of clay. So the Inuit people of the Arctic use the nutshuck. They don't have trees, so they have their rocks creative imagination they have, they made a nutshucks like Pax is making to show directionality, like with theory in a snow blizzard. They use the nutshucks to find the way. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes they need to find their way to the ocean where they have to hunt for seal to survive. They don't go to grocery stores to find their food. And Pax did it. Give him a hand. That's amazing. Thank you, Pax. And do you want to take that one? And Evangeline does too. So there's an example of creative imagination taking something that really doesn't feel content to make something amazing to help humankind. Thank you.